Hope with Depression, the podcast. We all stood still for a moment in time, leaving the rat race instantly behind. As COVID-19 took a hold of mankind, our first port of call were not our celebrities or the elite, but the ones with whom we touched shoulders every day in the street. Grinding tirelessly in jobs society downplays, it was only then, when hardship came our way, when all hope diminished out of sight, did our true hero stand in the spotlight. Depression lies. It tells you you've always felt this way and you always will, but you haven't and you won't. Holly Cornell. Tell us a story through your eyes from when it all began to, to where you are now. So, I mean, obviously it began at a funny age because it's an age where we were at secondary school um, and like I said you're sort of going through loads of changes anyway and in new friendship groups I just think it's a really difficult time like early teens to the whole of secondary school really the more you see and accept reality the more you'll understand and love yourself Maxime Legace welcome to another episode of hope with depression the podcast Sam Crilly Hello, how are you doing? Charlotte Crilly. Hi. How are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Sam and Charlotte are twins. Uh, they're twin sisters. Okay. Ooh. Who is the oldest, ever so slightly? Me, Charlotte. Yeah. Quite an hour and twen- hour and a half. 26 minutes. An hour and 26 hour minutes. And 20- yeah. Yes, oh. I didn't want to come out. There was no contractions between both of us. Oh, crikey. Okay. Hello, welcome to the show. Now, the reason why we've got you both on, because the Hope with Depression book, which is written by your mum, Lynn, yep. both of you, uh, is... A fantastic resource that covers the subject from every single conceivable angle. From the sufferer's perspective, the carer's perspective, social media perspectives, uh, and, and sort of you know, perspectives within perspectives. It's a brilliant all-round uh, overview of the subject. So today, uh, we wanted to call the episode Shame Busting, Why It's Okay to Feel What You Feel. Mm. Because being put into a caring situation with someone you love can bring up feelings that I think a lot of people are actually embarrassed to feel mm. and then they feel bad for, for feeling that. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And I think for the sufferers as well, it's good for a sufferer to realise what you're often wrapped up in yourself and the illness. It's good for the sufferer to realise what's going on outside you because mm. you don't always realise that. Because mm. they call depression the selfish illness, and mm. I don't mean that to make anyone sound bad. Because, because but it is very self-absorbing. Yeah, you're very yeah. wrapped up in your own sort yeah. of thought, it, it, and that's that's part of the illness. It's yeah, not, it's, it's, not your it's, fault. It, it's mm. the illness. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah the, it's the illness, not the person. Absolutely, mm. exactly. And that's a really useful thing. I think was just straight away to be able to separate the person from their mm. behaviours. Yes, you, very true. If you like. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a carer, you need to, that's definitely number one on the list to realise when it's the illness speaking and when it's the actual person speaking. Um, And I think once you realise there is a difference, it does become, you're able to understand it a little bit more and not take things to heart as much. Beautifully said. And you don't take things so personally. Yeah. But until you reach that level of understanding, it can get a bit tricky um, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll go first here I've had a situation very recently with a very close family member where I was put in that situation and I felt even though I love the person still do I found myself going into resentment because of the situation because I resented the situation as such but it, it also felt like there was no way out so a combination of feeling that there's no way out and resenting the situation and feeling that I was wrong to have those feelings of resentment which are, to be fair, a very natural, normal human response, and not to have any good way of dealing with that, that started to pull me down, and did quite a lot. And you've had, in, 
does that kind of concur with your experience as well, Charlotte? Yeah, absolutely. I think when Sam, my sister, was going through the... So not particularly depression specifically, but I'm sure there was an element of depression with the eating disorder mm. um, and stuff like that. I mean, it's all sort of goes into one. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean... I'm not really ashamed to say now that I sort of resented Mm. not Sam as a person necessarily probably at times to be fair especially when you're a teenager as well and you don't Mm. know what you're supposed to be feeling anyway Mm. but um you're all over the place then aren't you yeah Yeah. exactly so you don't know how who you are as a person and then you've got all these things going on so yeah I think it was the situation as well as you know obviously Sam getting more attention and stuff like that and you start resenting the situation but you know I I look at things now and I'm like but would I wouldn't have wanted to be in that situation and have been the person who was ill. Mm. Like, no one wishes themselves to be ill or other people to be ill. So it's one of those situations that's just difficult because you resent it, but then you wouldn't want to be ill and have attention. And I don't know. Yeah, and then it's you, just And then confusing. you resent... It is confusing. And then mm. another layer is added to it, in my experience, of then mm. you then re- judge yourself for having those feelings because mm. you think, if I was only yeah. a good person, if I was only a good son, if I was only a good sister, if I was only, if only, if only, yeah. I wouldn't have these feelings. So then you start to think there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And then you walk around thinking you're in a wrongness day in, day out. That starts to affect the choices that you make because why would you be worthy of anything good? Because you're in the wrong, right? Mm. D- yeah. D- do you see what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and it really it really does start to put you down. So that's why mm. we're, we're calling this episode shame busting. Mm. Why it is okay to feel what you mm. feel. And I think the difference and the, one of the most beautiful things about your family is that you're a very close family. Mm. Um, I, you know, I know your mum pretty well. She's an inspiring woman. And one of her, her biggest value of, you know, if there's a hierarchy of values in, in your mum's head, family is always number one. Mm. Always has been, always will be. I've known that about your mum since day one. Mm. So she will quite rightly do anything to keep the coherence of the family but because you are you do have that coherence and because you are very close mm. you can talk honestly and openly about this yeah. without any bad feelings de- therefore demonstrating it is okay to feel what you feel because yeah. you're living proof of it and that mm. will really help anyone listening so that's you I'm talking to if you're listening if you've had these feelings if you're a sufferer you don't have to worry about what you're putting other people through some sufferers you mentioned this are scared to read books because they're terrified oh my god I've done that to them mm. and that allowed them another layer of shit to it number one you don't need to do that as a sufferer talk now i'm talking to if you're a carer it is okay to resent the, the situation maybe even the person it is okay to feel that way and there's nothing wrong with you you are not a wrongness you are not bad for having very natural normal human responses because if you accept mm-hmm. how you feel that's when you can start to deal with it and ask mm-hmm. questions what could i do differently you know what, what this what support is out there for mm-hmm. me and all the questions but all the mm-hmm. time you're feeling like a guilty bastard you won't feel even worthy of asking that question in the first place yeah yeah that's so true am i right yeah just hit the nail on the head that's the end of the podcast thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) no talk do do talk a little more so charlotte what what was the experience like tell us a story through through your eyes from when it all began to to where you are now so i mean obviously it began at a funny age because it's an age where we were at secondary school um, and like I said you're sort of going through loads of changes anyway and in new friendship groups and I don't know just it's I just think it's a really difficult time like early teens to the whole of secondary school really Sam got on well at the beginning of secondary school and a lot of attention was on her I I can't I can't remember everything I don't know if it was the attention or, or what it was but obviously 
I don't know. I, I probably felt like I needed support as well. I, I don't know. Maybe I should have, when I was younger, maybe I should have asked to have gone and seen a therapist. Was this or when I was ill? This was when yeah, I was with the okay. eating disorder. But yeah. How old were you then? Like thirteen. But I, I don't know 14. if a thirteen or fourteen-year-old mind mm. would have no. would have the what's the word I want maturity yeah. to think you're thinking as an adult now yeah and an adult would quite rightly say maybe I should go and see it but I don't know if a 13 year old would would think that a 13 year old would naturally go to their primary caregiver in this case your mum and dad Mm. but of course, they were going through all their, all their stuff as well. Mm. So, and then, and, and probably they felt bad because they felt they couldn't mm. give you both all, all you needed. Mm. So, so that they probably felt bad as well. Mm. Wrongly, there's no need for anyone to feel bad. Yeah. Feel bad. Yeah. Feeling bad about feeling bad. There's no point in feeling bad about being human. Yeah. If if you know what I mean, the more we can accept and understand that these are natural feelings, natural responses. So. So I don't even know if you'd have had the maturity to do that then, and no, you and you I would agree. react like a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, I I agree. Mm. I think yeah. Looking back now, it's easy to say that, but when you're in the moment, I think no one's really thinking that um, clearly because you don't really know what's going on. And back then as well, mental illness wasn't as known about, so we didn't actually mm. really know that it was even a mental illness. We would just didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. So that was probably even worse in a way. And it's frightening as well we didn't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we didn't have the... The, the, the advances in the field that we've got mm. now, and we yeah. and, and we understand, you know, fourteen years is a long time in any mm. ology, mm. particularly psychology, you know. Mm. And there's a lot, a lot, hugely massive, massive, massive more understanding now, but it wasn't there mm. then. So, I'm now talking to you if you're a young person. So, what would you say to your younger self if you could look back to say to your fourteen year old self? And if you're in this age group, this is mm. for you. I would say I think the feelings I felt were absolutely. Um, normal Mm. um, the feelings of slight resentment just feeling almost a bit on my own a bit alone Mm. Um, but then I don't blame anyone for that because my parents I know my parents did the best they could and my sister like I I wouldn't have wanted to have been in her position you know so I think having those feelings is normal but try and talk to someone about them I don't think I tried to talk to my Mum, or I don't think I spoke to anyone about them, so mm. I think that was the problem. Um, but I think now there is more; it is more acceptable to talk about your feelings. So it's probably just as just as difficult to, but I feel like it's more accepted because people a, have yeah. more knowledge about it. And it's a, it's and you're right, and it's a question of taking the first step. Mm. So what we're saying to you, if you are in that you know young person age bracket, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling as you do. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with you for feeling yeah. as you do. Your feelings are natural, human, and, and normal, and to be expected in a situation mm. like this. And frankly, you're probably doing a zillion times better than you give yourself credit for, mm. actually. If anyone mm. hasn't bothered to say that to you before, I will. You know, and, But it's only with the wisdom of hindsight that sometimes we can look back and see, oh, actually... I actually did do bloody well. Yeah. But, but it, it can sometimes take mm. a little yeah. while to be able to realise that. So the message yeah. of this podcast is why wait? You know, mm. yeah. why, you know, we're giving you the wisdom here mm. based on real life testimony, you know, yeah. real real life, you know, m- more mature minds, hopefully. Um, well, maybe not in my case. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you, know, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. We're saying why wait? Why, 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 you don't have to go through all that pain to get a good resolution. Mm. You, and mm. a, a big dose of self-acceptance and knowing mm. that you're perfectly all right as you are mm. and you're doing perfectly okay, it will go a long way, a long, long way. Mm. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what could somebody do if they find themselves in a sticky situation? We've, we've established it's all right to reach out and talk to someone. Uh, maybe go to your doctor or a trusted teacher at school or a best friend. Choose your sources wisely if you go on social media. I would say mm-hmm. that be a little bit careful on social media and make sure it's a good you know, support group because there's some, there's some absolute dross and some terrible things on social media too. What else could a young person or any person do of any age, Charlotte? Tell, tell me something you did. So, I mean, after, so when I went through the more difficult stage and I got a little bit rebellious because I didn't know how to deal with the, um, with the feelings that I had, I sort of then, I don't, I can't remember if my mum encouraged me to spend a bit more time with Sam when she was on well or whether I did it off my own back. I actually can't remember. But anyway, I started spending a bit more time with Sam, even if she didn't want me there. I'd just go into her room and just sit there. Um, even if we didn't talk or we, we didn't even converse, we just sat in the same room. And How were you with that, Sam? Did it bother you? Was it a good thing or a bad you thing? You know what? I can't remember. I okay. think... Um, <laughs> I was probably just ignored you. No, I think... Uh, but that's what sisters do. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it, it's it, it it it's it's not a, a unusual for us to get angry with the people that we love. Yeah, I can. I mean, if you could see this picture, that Sam's got a hand on Charlotte's shoulder. These two are so close; it's unbelievable. <laughs> but even the closest families will have negative feelings from time to time, yeah. and that's okay too. I think the thing as well is when you are really suffering, your head's so full, mm. you just want to be by yourself, and you want to just. You can't have any conversations with anyone else because you're already having one in your head. So it's just extra... It just, you can't process it. But I'm so glad you did it. Like, I just think... Because I sort of can remember you just lingering. And I, and I do think it does bring you closer. And And like you said, you just sat there. So you weren't exactly hard company or pushing me across my limits you just sat Mm. there and it is good that we spent that time together and that I didn't just isolate myself and that you did did you get a bit rebellious at times as well because that's a very natural I mean Mm. teenage is the time for rebellion anyway so how did that rebellion play out in this situation I just I think like you said earlier about making bad decisions I think I just I just made I didn't do anything awful no not at all I don't know if I can say this. I've never taken drugs or got into. You can say anything you like. Oh, okay. But no, no. See, so you didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't so go really off the rails. Did I you didn't go no. off the. Ra- I think mm. I went off the rails for me. Like when I was little, I was. I'd never say boo to a goose. I literally was. Like I was always up and ready, helping mum. Happy, 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 yeah. happy. Yeah, glasses half full. So I think I just went off the rails for for me. But that's the thing; everyone's so different. Mm. So just a change in how you normally are is just is different for that person. Yeah. So, but again, it's all all right. Next time on Hope with Depression, the podcast suicide and mental illness yeah a conversation that not, maybe not an easy one to have but one we do yes. need to have when of you course need to cover we do. this the biggest no of course we do it's because it's still a problem um, yes and amongst men yeah it's a huge problem mm. um, it's the biggest killer in the under 55s I think in men mm. still which mm. is not acceptable really and not no. enough's being done hello this is Neil I'm one of the presenters of Hope With Depression the podcast I just wanted to say that I'm glad we're having this conversation mental health has become more more and more certainly more of a buzzword people are talking about it more people are being aware that they perhaps have more control over it than they thought they did people are 
deliberately taking more care of themselves mentally and are certainly willing to talk about it and articulate it. And I think it's a good conversation to have. And I really hope, certainly to break down the stigma, because there shouldn't be one, not in the 21st century, not ever, and certainly not now. So for myself and Lynn and Sam and Sharla and all the presenters of this podcast, our hope is that it maybe starts a conversation either with yourself or with a counsellor or a close friend just about how important our mental well-being is and why it's worth talking about and why it's worth understanding and investigating and defending and nurturing and if this podcast if something you hear just gives you the opportunity to maybe not suffer when you don't have to and not experience unnecessary pain and suffering then it's a job well done Hope with Depression, the podcast, streaming now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher for Android, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and here. Play Hope with Depression, the podcast.